The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hot, hot, hike! another episode of making monsters um if you are just joining us obviously we've been working on a podcast series uh for potential picks that the bears could or potential players that the bears could pick with that ninth overall pick um obviously there's many ways they can go i think after free agency uh it really points to fixing the trenches that we are that's what we're going to need to do in the draft big time and so We've gone through a lot of a lot of players so far. I think we have six, seven episodes released at this point as I'm uh, doing this one. And now we're going to knock out another two players today uh, because these two players are both from Georgia. Um, they're on each side of the trenches. We have defensive linemen, Jalen Carter. You know his name. Obviously, there's been a little bit of drama surrounding Jalen Carter, and so that's going to be interesting just kind of how things go this next month. Um, he showed up at Pro Day and didn't look very good, so that obviously is a, a cause for concern, and now people are saying, you know, he may start slipping, and it would obviously you want it, you want top talent and so if he can really get if he can really grind this next month and he looks good and you know they obviously the bears are going to be able to evaluate him better than we can right now so if that is the case if somehow he does fall and the bears get him at nine that'll be pretty wild because a couple months ago we were talking about possibly taking him one overall if they stay um so that'd be pretty crazy honestly um but uh, the other guy, Broderick Jones, he is the he was a left tackle for Georgia last season, and uh, he came in a little a uh, little later into the season in 2021. Uh, so he hasn't even played two full seasons, or hasn't even started two full seasons for the Bulldogs. But uh, he played really well last year and definitely made a difference on that off- offensive line, especially because they did lose a, cer- a good amount of talent. But anyways, I um, am going to chat today with Ryan Curley. He work, he is a Georgia reporter for dogpost.com. And so he's going to chat with us a little bit about Jalen Carter and, you know, the off the field issues, the on the field things, which we've seen. If you've watched Georgia Bulldogs play, you know what Jalen Carter is capable of on the football field. Um, it's more so do you take that risk with the, the other stuff? 
Um, so we'll we'll chat about him. We'll obviously talk about Broderick Jones and how much he really did affect that offensive line, and if he thinks he could be ready for the NFL and making that making that transformation. To who knows? I I guess personally, I'm good with starting Braxton Jones at left tackle. I think we saw a lot of improvement through Braxton Jones, so it's interesting to me to um, think about drafting a left tackle. I think that we need a right tackle very badly, and we need a left guard, and we need a center. Um, but I'm comfortable in Tevin and Braxton, and I, so it'll be interesting to see where we go. Like you know, do you draft him, and do you, but do you draft a right tackle that high? I, I don't know. But, obviously, we need offensive linemen. We need to bolster that line because it was just bad. And so that's what we're going to talk to Ryan about. So let's go ahead and cut to that interview. That way um, we can dive in and learn a little bit more about these guys. Which, by the way, when you look at the draftnetwork.com, Broderick, I think, is like their seventh ranked on their big board. But they have five Georgia Bulldogs in the top 31. It's insane. That team is just like pumps out players. Kirby, which we will talk about in this interview too, it just does a fantastic job recruiting to Georgia. Um, obviously, when you have two back-to-back natties, it, it's a little easier to do that. But anyways, let's jump to this interview with Ryan Curley from DogPost.com, and uh, let's get let's get into some some linemen. All right, now I am joined by Ryan Curley. He's a Georgia football reporter for dogpost.com. So, Ryan, thanks so much for hopping on with me. Obviously, Georgia back-to-back champions and um, back-to-back national champions, and so there is a lot of talent that comes out of Georgia. I think when I looked at the Draft Network, they have I don't know, seven or eight guys like in the top 30. It's, it's insane. Um, so, yeah. obviously, you guys have plenty to talk about when it comes to the guys that are going to be drafted and pretty high probably in the first few rounds um, in addition to a, a big group of other guys but we're here to talk about a couple Bulldogs obviously Jalen Carter and then Broderick Jones is another one um, both dire needs for the Bears the Bears trenches absolutely terrible on each side last year uh, they had the fewest pressures the fewest sacks in the league when it came to the defensive line our leading sack getter last season was our rookie safety Jaquan Brisker so when your safety is the the leading the leader on your team when it comes to sacks it's probably not too good and then Justin Fields got sacked 55 times, so and not very good when it comes to that. So that's why we are here to talk about these two guys. So let's go ahead. Let's start with Jalen Carter a little bit. Obviously, okay. um, it, it's a bit of a hot topic. Uh, we found out last week he will not get jail time. He pled no contest, and so the punishment includes a fine, probation, driving course, a list of things, but no jail time. So um, obviously that is good news if you're looking at it from an aspect of wanting Jalen Carter on your football team. Um, so back in November – Todd McShay reported that there was some off-the-field issues with Jalen Carter, although we didn't really honestly hear anything nationally at, at all until this circumstance came up. Do you Can you recall any other issues that Jalen Carter had while he was at Georgia, or was this – you know, one of the one of the rare instances. Yeah. So I think when when Todd McShay was that November when that when all that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I think when that came out, the only real thing that was super public was when Georgia played Missouri. I believe it was October first uh, this past season. He, you know, he was messing with the Missouri warm ups. He was walking through the warm ups, just kind of getting them riled up. There wasn't mm-hmm. a fight or anything, but um, some some words were spoken back and forth. You know, it's just kind of a competitive juice of saying, but he shouldn't be walking through their warm-ups. That was kind of the only thing that was public. Um, but obviously, you know, I think as far as the, the driving thing goes, 
um, you know, it it's an issue. It, mm-hmm. it's, there are some off the field issues with Jalen Carter, and I, I it's one of those things where we don't know if they're solved. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he's gonna go through whatever whatever remedies there is that needs to happen. Um, I think that's probably now getting put in place. But as far as that, it, there wasn't really anything else. You know, if mm-hmm. if he had gotten a speeding ticket or if he had done this or if he had done that, which I, I don't know what his driving record is, but yeah. if there were anything, if there, I don't know what his full driving, if there was anything like that, it wasn't in the eye of the public. Okay. So, um, but I do, I mean, you do worry about off-field stuff with him just with everything going on. I also feel bad for him. Yeah. I think that there's been, um, it's a tough thing when the internet is all over that and you had a friend, uh, multiple friends that died, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, you were maybe there. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on with Jan Carter, but as far as on the field, I mean, we're talking about one of the two or three best players in this draft. is not the best player. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I spent pretty much all of my January and February watching film of Jalen Carter and Willie Anderson because at the time, obviously, with that, the Bears had the number one pick before they traded back, and I knew for sure. I was like, they're taking one of these two guys because they're just mm-hmm. absolutely insane. And every time I'd watch film on Jalen Carter, I wanted them to draft Jalen Carter, and then when I would watch film on Willie Anderson, I would want them to draft Willie Anderson. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah. both just such stud players. But so obviously now we uh, the Georgia Pro Day uh, came and went and some videos kind of went viral of Jalen Carter not looking so hot in some of the drills they also reported he gained nine pounds since the combine which I guess when you think about it when you first hear you're like okay nine pounds but it was kind of a you know short period of time now obviously he's had a ton going on and so I I think that I I am in the same boat as you where I kind of feel bad for him because I know he has probably just been going through hell recently trying to figure out everything and football is probably further down his list at the moment when all of this other things are coming back but when it comes to work ethic obviously do you expect him to put in this extra work this next month in preparation for the draft to really get back to where he was yeah as far as as far as the work ethic and, and what I've seen and I and I was at pro day and he he just didn't look like Jalen Carter mm-hmm. day, right I mean there's there's no other way to put it really it looked it, you can't you don't know what's going on through someone's brain when you look at them but sometimes you can look at people and just kind of tell they're dealing with something yeah. and in this case it's a very public thing that he's dealing with so um you know i think you know he just uh he didn't look ex- as explosive as he normally does at pro day um uh they stopped to stretch him out i don't know if he was cramping or something but it was, he was off it wasn't what you expect as far as the work ethic thing goes and i think um if you ask you know, Kirby Smart or anyone at Georgia that this guy does have a, a good work work ethic. I, you know, what, what are we about a month and a half ish, maybe mm-hmm. a, a little bit, a little bit less than that as far as until the draft. I mean, that's, that's a good amount of time for him to work and, and get back in his, you know, better shape and everything. If he, I don't know if the nine pounds are bad nine pounds or good nine pounds. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's also something we don't really know. Mm-hmm. What if, what if those nine pounds were actually a good nine pounds? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't want to like label the weight gain, but yeah, I mean, he gained nine pounds in a short amount of time. That's interesting. Um, as far as the work, this is a guy who heading into this year was tabbed as a top five prospect before the season even started. And he, got hurt in the like the second play of the season yeah. that he's on the on the field he tweaks his ankle and so the first three four games of the year he's dealing with an ankle injury he knows that he's going to make millions of dollars 
in April. He knows that he's a top five pick and he fights through that injury and he's still an impactful football player. And then he gets hurt again. He got hurt at Missouri. Um, it was, that time it was his knee and he misses a couple games and fights his way back to get on the field, knowing that he has, you know, he's, he's got millions of dollars on the line. He's mm-hmm. gotten two minor injuries and he's still fighting to get back on the field. And when he does get back on the field, he, it was against Florida. He's clearly the best player on the field. Yeah. And then against Tennessee, which was a huge game, you talk about big moments. I think when you talk about these Georgia players, they are no stranger to huge moments. You know that when the lights are shining really bright, just because of how much they accomplished the last two years and how many dramatic moments they've been a part of, you know that these these guys are ready for that. And with, with Jalen, he he comes in and, and he has a monster game against Tennessee. Tennessee comes to Athens, they're ranked number one, and he forces two fumbles. He caused what should have been called a safety. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it didn't get called safety, but it totally was. Um, he, he's in the backfield every couple plays. Um, Jalen Carter demands double team. Yeah. And it, no matter what his physical size is, because when you look at him, he's really not that big. Yeah. He's, uh, for, and for a defensive tackle, I would consider him to look a little slender. He's 6'3". He doesn't, he's not this menacing-looking player, but he is one. And so I think that as far as, you know, a positive, you know, when I try to, when I talk about Jalen Carter in a positive light, I don't think you can ignore the fact that he fought through those injuries and came in and he was just clearly the best player on the field for a lot of games this season. Yeah, I agree. He's honestly, it's so fun watching him play. And obviously when it comes to that interior position, because I think people automatically kind of look to those, the mm-hmm. edge guys to exactly. when they're thinking about pressure and when they're thinking about getting those sack numbers and stuff. But having someone like Jalen Carter in the middle and like you said, just taking up space. He's taking up space. He also is able to get to the quarterback also. He's just like wreaking havoc when he's out there. And I think it's so important. And when so you're looking at that, obviously he had some injuries. Could could you tell? Was there a difference on that defensive line when Jalen Carter was not out there? Oh, 100, 100%. You could tell. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because this goes back to – it goes back to 2021 with the Georgia defense, and I'm sure you're aware, you know, they had the five players drafted in the first round mm-hmm. of last year's draft, and that 2021 Georgia defense that Jalen Carter was a part of is one of the best defenses in college football ever. Well, that had two guys that play his position that were first-round picks last year in Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt. And people considered, even back then, people considered Jalen Carter to be the best of the three of them. Mm-hmm. And then you come into this year, he's, he's the lead dog on the defensive line. There's clearly, you know, he, he doesn't have to fight for time. If he's, if he's not on the field, it's not because he didn't earn it. It's because they, the Georgia defense rotates a lot to keep guys. Um, they just have so many talented players that they can rotate a lot so people don't get too tired. And with Jalen, when he there is a difference when he's on the field. There's not just one player accounting for him. There's there's usually two. And yeah. you know, just because he didn't make the tackle, Jalen Carter is the kind of player where his impact doesn't show up on the stat sheet. It's you. It shows up when you watch. Yeah. And he's the reason why other guys are able to get to the quarterback or get to someone in the backfield. It's because he causes disruption. So there's a clear difference, and it was noticeable when. He got hurt against Missouri and then missed a couple games. He comes back against Florida. 
against Florida, he essentially only played on third down. And I tell you what, every third down, Anthony Richardson was was not comfortable. No. Oh, yeah. He he was very uncomfortable that entire game. He is, And also, you just uh, you have to give credit to Kirby. He finds these guys, and he just finds them over and over and over again in the recruiting world. And it's so fun to watch that. Obviously, I live in Jacksonville, and so we're actually the uh-huh. home. We are the home of the Gators. I'm not a Gator fan, but they um, are very scared of that Georgia team right now. And it's, it's kind of yeah. fun for me to watch. Honestly, so one more on Jalen before we move on to Broderick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you see him falling because of these other issues, or do you expect him to still go probably within that top five? I think he's probably going. I mean, just just from what I've seen, I think he's probably going to slip out of that top five. Whether I mean, to me, he's he's one of like him, Will Anderson, and Bryce Young are mm-hmm. kind of the top three to me. Uh, like, I think it kind of depends on who you ask. But there's a couple of reasons. I think I think there's going to be a run on quarterbacks early, and yeah. I think that affects him. Um, and I, I I definitely think you could see four quarterbacks taken in that first six spots. I think that's realistic. I I don't think we're done with the trades. I I think we're going to see more trades. Um, so because of that, I think that's one of the reasons. But then you do look at this and you say, well, what if we if we just don't want to deal with that and we need an edge guy? Then there's you know, there's two edge guys that are top ten guys probably yeah. in Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson. So, but I do think um, when it comes to a guy, it's, I think it's harder to find an impactful interior defender than it is to find an impactful edge rusher. Yeah. I so agree. I think that you have to look at that and see, well, you know, how many Jalen Carters come around? I don't know in the last 10 or 15 years how many, like Quinnen Williams a few years back with the Jets mm-hmm. where it was an interior guy. You look at like 10 years ago or more than that, Madamic and Sue, I think that these guys just don't come around very often. So if he slips out of the top 10, I think it's totally just because of off the field stuff. Yeah. I don't think it has anything to do with him as a player. Yeah. And it's honestly, if somehow this, it ended up falling to where he does fall to the Bears and the Bears get Jalen Carter, the city would go absolutely insane because Ryan Poles trades that number one we drop to nine but he gets two first two seconds and dj Moore out of it and then if he somehow still manages to get jalen carter at nine that would be uh really exciting for a lot of bears fans all right so let's move on to broderick jones obviously offensive tackle um he was the seventh rank so on the draft network board he is the seventh overall player on their on their just like full just kind of like top 100 board He's a big guy. Uh, he ran a four nine seven, and that's uh, pretty dang fast for a guy who's six five and like three fifteen or whatever he is. Um, so a lot of the positive things they talk about him on the scouting report, they all mention his athleticism and how quick his feet are and how quick he is, especially for his size. Is this something that you can spot easily when he's on that line? When he was on that line in Georgia, uh, uh, immediately. You know, kind of similar to Jalen Carter. This is not um, someone who like this is a like physically when you look at him a thinner offensive tackle okay right super athletic how many offensive tackles can you see their jawline yeah roger (laughs) roger jones not 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 very many roger jones is is one of those guys where like this is a chiseled offensive lineman this is a super athletic offensive lineman i think in his two years he only allowed like his two years where he played significant snaps which obviously he was the full-time start of this past season mm-hmm. and he was a rotational player in 2021 um, was subbed in in the national championship uh, against alabama and immediately georgia's offensive wide plane changes that's one of i think the most underrated things about georgia's national championship is the moment that they subbed in Roger jones and shifted their lineup 
um, pass protection got much better against people like Will Anderson mm-hmm. um, in that game. You know, all of which a sudden, is not Will an easy Anderson's task. Making, <laughs> yeah, which is all of a sudden Will Anderson's not making as much of an impact. So for Broderick, I th- he's a guy that maybe hasn't played as much as some of these other tackles, but I mean, I don't. I think he's only allowed one or two sacks. That's what that's what we like to hear um, because we allowed way too many last season. And so, yeah, you mentioned because obviously he technically only ha- he had less than two full seasons of starting experience um, just because the, the way they kind mm-hmm. of ended up subbing him out. And then he had his the full season. Do you think that could potentially hurt him when making that transition to the NFL? Or do you think that he's seen enough at Georgia to be able to kind of obviously it's a little bit of a process when you're going starting and left tackle in the NFL. But do you think he'll be able to catch on pretty quickly? Yeah, you know, I think if there's, if you know, I, I don't, if there's a way it hurts him, maybe he just, maybe it takes him an extra year yeah. to just be your guy, you know, and sometimes there's nothing really wrong with that. I know if you're drafting a tackle in the top 10, you want them to start immediately, right? I mean, you, you probably want them to be a day one starter. And I think Broderick Jones is a day one starter. Um, you know, George has been churning out offensive linemen a good bit the last few years. I know Andrew Thomas was a top five pick a couple couple seasons ago, and he's been one of the most under-the-radar players in the NFL the last year or so. Um, it's just a guy that's been really good. For Broderick's a different left tackle. He's he's quick. I mean, you saw his 40 time. I think he was the fastest out of all the linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fast. He's a uh, has great relationships with his teammates, someone that – you know, I, the, there is definitely a culture here at Georgia and a buy-in to being elite. That's kind of what goes on around. The reason why Georgia's winning so much is because the people that, that come to Athens are, you know, what Kirby Smart built, they're, they're buying into something that's bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think with any Georgia player, you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff because they understand that winning and the franchise is, is bigger than than just them as an individual. Yeah. And Broderick, I think, embodies that a lot. Um, someone who had a great relationship with Stetson Bennett, just from the outside looking in. Someone, you know, that wanted to celebrate everyone else's victories. But he, uh, it's definitely you don't see a lot of tackles like him. Like when I look at him, I have to do a double take every time. Just like, man, that guy's that guy is chiseled and he's still <laughs> and he's strong. I mean. It's just, it's not, he's not your typical tackle from just what, from a look standpoint. Yeah. Which honestly, I think is very fitting for the Bears because what Ryan Poles likes. Uh, kind of the, the, he wants the athletic guy. He wants the faster guy. He's not into these just big, burly, men which you know some teams just want to go for that and he kind of seems like Mm -hmm. he likes the more chiseled thinner quick guy which sounds like it could be Broderick for sure so piggybacking off of what you just said a a minute ago about kind of like his personality the personality side of things so if the Bears do draft him it's a possibility that three or four of the five starting offensive linemen for the Bears this year would be in year three or under. So it's a very young mm-hmm. offensive line. And so when you look at that, do you is Broderick the kind of guy also that would be like has the leadership traits and could kind of take over the line and really be that guy? Yeah, I, I could totally see. Uh, Broderick is definitely, I think, ahead of his years, okay. um, just as, from a maturity standpoint. Um, very, very well-spoken, very thoughtful when you speak to him about what he's saying. Um, I, You know, there's a reason why they trust him out there in the national championship game with, yeah. with almost no experience, out, you know. So he, he, I think that he's a trustworthy player. I, I don't see him just 
struggling and be, I don't think he'll be bad immediately. I, I, it would surprise me just because I think he's really talented. Um, you just don't see a lot of tackles that athletic. Yeah. And I think maybe for the Bears who have a quarterback that runs around a lot, I think that Broderick Jones makes a lot of sense, actually. I haven't thought about that just because I haven't needed to think about that. Yeah. But, you know, just thinking about the type of guys you want off his line, I don't know. Broderick Jones might make a lot of sense. I don't know if people would consider him a reach at nine. I know that I've seen him mocked kind of in the 15 to 20 range a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to get their guys right. And if Broderick is their guy at nine, I think he makes sense. Yeah, I agree, honestly. And so uh, a couple more for you before I let you go. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. a couple of the other po- positives they talk about are his long arms and length in, yeah. ge- and length in general. So one of the other offensive linemen that we've kind of been talking about is um, Skaronsky. And so he his uh-huh. main negative is short arms. So obviously, that's not an issue with Broderick. But how beneficial is it for those left tackles when preparing for the edge rushers and guys coming at them, especially when, like you said, he will be protecting a quarterback who likes to move. So a lot of times he does have to, you know, he's moving around also and he's protecting Justin as Justin's going crazy back there in the pocket. But yeah. how beneficial is that for the left tackles when preparing for those edge rushers that would you say that's a major strength for him? Yeah, well, I think I think the interesting part of that is, you know, if you have a tackle that has really long arms and they're not super athletic, they can still kind of get out there quick enough because they have really long arms. But with Broderick, you have that and you have the athleticism. So I think um, just from from a physical standpoint, he is a very, I think, interesting prospect. But you you can see it. You can see the length. You can see the athletic. Like, you can see it on tape. I mean, if you just go and watch – he can, but he is also someone that you know could pancake you. It, it's not like he's just because he's more athletic means he's he's a really weak tackle. Yeah. I mean, Georgia Georgia ran really efficiently last year. I think something that doesn't you know didn't really get talked about in the there's just so many other things going on for Georgia and personalities that people didn't really talk about. You know, the run game being pretty efficient last year. They just ran fewer times than they usually do. It was, you know, as far as attempts, it was a down year for Georgia because mm-hmm. the offense was different. But, you know, on those rollouts and plays where Justin's going to be running around and he needs people to run out in front of him, like Broderick is one of those guys that, that gets downfield um, quickly and uses that strength and length to to get in people's way. So um, from, from a Chicago standpoint, you know, I, I think he might be a good fit. What do you? How much do you think he w- was able to help Stetson Bennett? Do you think that that offensive line in general and a guy like him was able to, you know, get that over four thousand yards for Stetson, help him out a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I mean, and the thing with Stetson is Stetson ran around a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he was a mobile quarterback. Um, they they did a lot of rollouts. There were, you know, plays where he he gets outside the pocket, and it's. You know, Stetson Bennett is not Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, but and no one. Thanks I don't for clarifying that. <laughs> yeah, like there's not, there aren't many quarterbacks as athletic and as fast as Justin Fields. Like he it is, you know, there's pe- Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields. Like there aren't that many people like that. Yeah. And um, I think you you want guys that can that are conditioned and that are that have a good blend of speed and athleticism and strength and and Broderick is definitely a huge part of that and um I think you can tell something that you could tell is you can't tell with every player you could tell that Broderick Jones is having fun out there Mm -hmm. and that's something that 
you want someone that just wants to be out there too. Um, and I think that there was a lot of just the last two years, just drama with it being Stetson Bennett. Like, is this the guy? And mm. Broderick was one of those guys where it just, it didn't matter. Like he was just going to go out there and work and, and have fun. And I always thought that that was uh, a positive thing that I saw out of him, but it, he is a he is a big reason. The offensive line for Georgia was really talented. You're going to see another tackle that's really freaky too. That'll mm-hmm. probably be in next year's draft that barely played. And so um, those are the guys that Georgia's drafting or that Georgia's recruiting right now because they want to be able to be flexible and do different things in their offense. So you're seeing the Georgia offensive line becoming super athletic. And Broderick um, has. I don't know if he's been the best one, but he he's up there. I like to hear that, Ryan. So one more before I let you go. Obviously, I mentioned earlier, back-to-back national championships, so no shortage mm-hmm. of talent in Georgia. And I also mentioned how great Kirby recruits. Um, so what's your expectations for this season? Can they can they three-peat? I, I think um, just looking at the schedule and, looking, and what I know from the roster and um, – uh, you know, I'll be at practice tomorrow, so I'll get to see a little bit more. But I t- it would be a little surprising if they didn't go 12-0 and again in the regular season. Like, I think this is a playoff team. Uh, three, I, I feel like I can't say that they're going to three-peat until I watch them play just mm-hmm. because it is a different starting quarterback and it will be a new offensive coordinator. And as much as I don't think there are going to be that many changes, you don't – like, it's just one of those things where you don't know until you watch them in a game-like situation. Yeah. So I think Georgia will be in the playoffs. I'd be surprised if they're not in the playoffs. Um, and I think they have a great shot at repeating just because I, I don't see how certain teams are going to be championship teams. And I'm not naming names yet, but Georgia, <laughs> Georgia should be Georgia should be one of those four teams at the end. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And obviously, like you said, there's a, we'll, we'll know a little bit more as we start seeing you know the, the new quarterback and all of these other pieces. But it, it seems like the last few years, it's just steadily, as soon as you think that maybe they're going to drop off a little because they're losing so much talent in the draft, they just stack right back up and you have guys out there getting drafted again in the top 30 all over again. Um, which obviously yeah, we've I mean, seen they, for. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut. I'm just saying there is a chance Georgia will have five guys in the first round again. Yeah. I mean, there's there's five of them that have you know, and I think at least two or three are going to get drafted in the first round. But it it could be five again. Um, and I I don't think that's ever happened. Yeah, I, I'm, and we say obviously we've had years and years of Alabama, and there's they would lose a ton of their roster, but for that many to go in the first round and for back-to-back seasons it's it's honestly pretty wild but um ryan thanks so much for joining me i really appreciate it um i know both of these guys bears fans would love to have so uh thank you again for hopping on with me yeah no problem all right and you have a good rest of your day all right you too all right thanks bye all right thanks to ryan so much um that was really fun i i think obviously like i said i want to see what this next month looks like with jalen carter and what if he, if he was looking out of shape, they said nine pounds. But as Ryan said, do we know if that's a, a muscle nine pounds or a not good nine pounds? Um, we'll find out. If it is a not good nine pounds, I'm pretty sure Jalen is going to be working his butt off this next month to get back to that level because um, he's seeing it. He's seeing the rumors that he's slipping, and he was a potential number one overall pick 
a month ago. So I'm sure he is going to do all he can this next month to try to get back on pace and really, you know, get climb back up that draft board again. But um, and for Broderick, sounds like ideally his athleticism, his size, the way he he does, you know, kind of handle that offensive line in that left tackle position. Seems like an ideal candidate for the Bears and what Ryan Poles is searching for when it comes to his linemen. And we've seen this free agency, people freaking out over him not signing certain linemen. And Ryan Poles was pretty much like, we have, we're getting players that fit our scheme. We don't want to have to mold them to fit our scheme. We want to draft players and get players in Chicago that already fit the scheme, number one. Number two, they are looking for a very particular size and weight and type of offensive lineman and defensive lineman. So Ryan Poles obviously knows best exactly what they're looking for, and I'm confident that he will find guys. What he was able to do in the draft last year with no first-round pick, five or six picks in general going into the draft, turning that into 11, getting Jack Sanborn, an undrafted guy, who was able to do some really great things last season. And obviously we talked about Braxton Jones. We've talked about Jaquan Brisker had an, a great season. Kyler Gordon, it took a little bit, but he started, he started, you know, really getting catching on later in the season. Trenton Gill, punter, I know, but man, he 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 played so well, and he was punting a lot last season, so he did well. Uh, we're, we A couple of the offensive linemen, Joe Tyree Carter, we didn't get to see a whole lot. We saw a little bit, so that's still a TBD, I think. Doug Kramer obviously got hurt, so we're not sure about that. Bayless, really rough in the beginning of the season, but he really did start to come on later when we when you needed him in certain moments, obviously when Darnell Mooney gets hurt and Chase Claypool wasn't quite clicking with Justin, um, and then he was also battling injuries, and I felt like we were on like our fifth and sixth string wide receivers at one point, and Velas, you know, got thrown in there a little more, and you saw him make some plays, and you saw some, him being capable of some things. So that's also a TBD to me, also. But anyways, what what Ryan Poles was able to do with just so little last season, I am so excited see what he is able to do in this draft this year. It's going to be so much fun. Um, but anyways, thanks again to Ryan Curley from dogpost.com for talking to us about Jalen Carter and Broderick Jones. Um, I am probably working on a few more. Obviously, I've seen the corner um, start floating around, Devon Weatherspoon out of Illinois. So uh, maybe I'll do one of those. Maybe I'll do a Tyree Wilson, work on maybe those two because those are a couple other names that I see floating around. Uh, but if you do, if you're listening to this and you see another player that you think you'd really like, that you really can realistically see the Bears drafting, let me know. And, you know, I'd love to do I'd, I'd love to get even more guys and more interviews and see what all we can pull together. And then that way, when we pick whoever with that number nine pick, we'll all be very familiar. Um, anyways, that is another episode of Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl, and I will catch you guys later. <laughs>